Becky was not your typical 20-something-year-old. A young carer from the age of 18, when her father was diagnosed with dementia, Becky then tragically later lost her older brother, who suddenly suffered a heart attack at only 35. This family tragedy was followed two years later by her father's passing. While still only in her 20s and juggling a a 40-hour-a-month qualification on top of a full-time, demanding, high-pressure corporate career, Almost 10 years on, this mum shares her experience of what it took to keep going and bounce back when you've been subjected to incredible life pressures from all different angles so early in life. Join me as I talk to Becky Emery. Welcome to the Empower podcast for mums in business. We are women building a business we love while making a home for the ones we love more than anything. I'm your host, Nicola Hewlin. Join me as I talk to seemingly ordinary women just like me and you as they share their extraordinary stories and inspirational advice to bounce back even stronger from challenging times and thrive in business, motherhood and life. So I am really excited today to invite Becky Imri to come and join her bounce back story with us. Hi, Becky. Hiya. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thanks. Thanks for coming and sharing your bounce back story. Listen, I'm going to hand straight over to you. As you know, our audience, they might be going through challenging, tough times or periods of adversity right now. Let's face it, we're recording this in 2020. So it's a challenge. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. But also, it's also about sharing our stories and planting seeds so that if people are facing challenges in the future, they can draw on other people's stories, experience and wisdom. So what is your story of bouncing back from tough times? Um, Do you know what? It almost seems like a bit of a blur now. It was only when I looked back on the um the kind of blurb that I sent over to you I thought actually that I feel stressed just reading that but at the time <laughs> I think <laughs> but at the time I think you kind of um get through on adrenaline don't you so um yeah back in kind of two, end of 2010 2000 early 2011 uh was probably my, well not probably most definitely um the toughest of times for me I was um just kind of at the probably the start the peaking of um my career in the corporate world um so I was working really long hours and I've been put forward for uh to achieve a, a training qualification so that amounted to about 40 hours a month of of working my own time so that's you know it's equivalent to another week's work isn't it um as well as driving long hours across the country to get to and from work um so I'd I'd gone through a breakup at the very, very start of the year or around Christmas time. Uh, it's quite a common time, I think, for breakups <laughs> after Christmas. Um, so I've gone, gone through a breakup, had this stressful job, uh, was doing training qualification, um, and then got to February 2011. Oh, and during this time as well, actually, it'd been well, kind of an ongoing thing was um, my dad had been diagnosed with early dementia. Um, so myself, my brother and sister were, were caring for him. Um, and by this point, he had actually moved into a residential home. But you still feel quite a strong sense of uh, responsibility. 
mm. um, you know, to make sure that they're not alone and there's, you know, various care plan meetings, etc., going on. It's kind of like a reverse role, really. There's the, the, the parental How, how role old is, were you at that time? Um, well, I was 18 when he got diagnosed. Wow. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I was actually with him when he got diagnosed, which was all very, very surreal. And what always sticks with me, actually, when he got diagnosed, we were at Gloucester Hospital. And I must have looked really young because... It was just me and my dad, and the specialist actually said, can I just talk to your daughter on your own, on, on her own for a minute? And he said, oh, is, is it just the two of you at home? Or, you know, who looks after you? As though I was about 12, you know, so I must have looked quite young. And I thought, oh, my goodness. You know, obviously worried, did he need to alert social services kind of thing? And I said, oh, well, I am 18. I've got a full-time job. And, you know, my, I do also live with my mum in another home as well. But, you know, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, on, on reflection, I think, goodness, that must have, that must have sort of kind of highlighted really how, how young I was to be taking my dad to get diagnosed with dementia, really. Um, but, yeah, so back 2011 was myself and uh, my brother and sister were um, doing, doing the care plans and, you know, doing his his shop his clothes shopping and going in to visit him etc my brother was doing my brother had power of attorney over my dad uh, so he was doing all the kind of legal technical stuff but obviously consulting with us and my brother was 12 years older than me so he always very much took on naturally a big brother role but also a kind of a second dad role in a sense so he tried to shield me a lot from as much as possible with regards to my dad um, and take on as much of the uh, kind of admin and the painful stuff as possible um, but yeah 2000, February 2011 uh, my brother was at a work conference and um, sadly passed away with a heart attack he was only 35 oh, um, so that was a huge huge shock to us all of course um, he had a wife and two young children at the time you know, they're obviously they're older now but yeah they were both at primary school at the time the children were so yeah he dropped the children off at school that morning and yeah they, they never got to see him again so that just kind of completely turned everybody's worlds upside down and obviously I had to provide a lot of support to uh, the children and to his wife um, both emotionally but also just trying to help them with you know, dropping the kids to school or to clubs things like that because, you know, as you can imagine, you know, just in, in this, a split second, losing her husband, you know, there's days when do you know, she struggled to do anything, really. So. I'm not even sure I can begin to imagine, you know, hearing your story. And I'm sure the audience that are tuning in, you know, are, are, are feeling, <laughs> feeling your story as much as I am at this point. And I cannot even begin to imagine no, it's crazy. I think we just take life for granted, don't we? I mean, he was actually quite ill with um, heart problems uh, when he was younger. So when he was 19, he was actually in Bristol Hospital for, for months. I think it was about eight months or something. He was in hospital for heart problems. They didn't know what it was at the time. And he was actually uh, operated on by, I'll just say, as part of the same the group of there was there was a surgeon that operated on him that was part of the Bristol Heart Surgery scandal near the children's heart surgery. I don't know if you remember it, but okay. there was a lot brought up later on. Um, but yeah, he was actually told he was lucky to be alive when he was nineteen that he shouldn't drink, he shouldn't smoke, you know, he shouldn't play football, which is quite a big thing for a nineteen-year-old, isn't it? Definitely. So you know, he but he had checkups every year, and he'd actually had a checkup 
oh, literally like a week or two weeks before this, before the heart attack had happened. He had he had a checkup with a specialist, um, and was told, you know, that he was doing really really well. There were no concerns. Everything was fine. Um, because I'd actually been having heart palpitations myself, so I had a specialist appointment coming up. The the ironic thing is that my appointment was due to be, I think it was the uh, the Monday after he died. So he'd messaged me and he texted me and said, look, you know, I had my checkup last week. They said everything's fine. I, do you want me to ask my doctor to send over my notes for your appointment? Um, I said, oh, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. And then obviously in that time, the notes are going to change quite significantly. So, yeah. And then so my appointment actually got moved. But yeah, it just goes, just highlighted really the fact that I'd spoken to him about his health literally days before. You know, they, I've got told everything's fine. They're really pleased with everything. There's nothing to be worried about. Um, yeah. And then he'd gone to a work conference and did a performance of ABBA. So dressed in light and a wig. <laughs> and then, yeah, luckily I had a chance to get changed because that could be a bit cringy, couldn't it? Um, but came back down to the bar to, to get a drink and, yeah, had a heart attack there and then. And uh, that, that was it. So just it's just terrifying how quickly life can change. And I think, cheesy as it sounds, it's completely changed my outlook on everything, really. You know, there's everybody says you never know what's around the corner, but I don't think you ever really take that on board until something like that happens yeah yeah how how many how many years ago was that uh so it was february 2011 so i can't even count so yeah nine nine and a half years ago i thank you for you know sharing your story i'm so so sorry for you for your loss and 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 to your family as well i can't even begin to imagine and how how have you managed to bounce back from from that chapter? Um, well, to be honest, for all the, the few, probably six months immediately afterwards, like I said earlier, I think I ran on adrenaline and I was, I, I was struggling, but I didn't really have the time to allow myself to struggle really. So um, I did do a lot of going out and I did a lot of drinking and um, I think it probably made me feel because I was living alone as well that I didn't want to go home and be on my own so I was doing a lot of going out and uh, every anything that was going on I'd take myself to and go on nights out and make new friends and I thought, oh this is great I've got loads of friends and now I look back and I think it's actually quite sad because there was lots of people that I talked to you know that I'd be in the same room with let's say but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're friends you know how many how many of those people are having really good meaningful conversations with in comparison to how many people were in the room that I was having a glass of wine with you know um but I mean coming out the other side of it I think it's really really important to it sounds so simple doesn't it but practicing it is can can be a different thing but I think just taking every day step by step it's so easy to get overwhelmed by emotion and by the amount of things that you feel you have to do and supporting other people but actually just take it day by day and chunk things down um makes the world a difference um so true and i and especially as as mothers you said there about you know it's so easy to get overwhelmed by the amount that we have to do and um yeah I was just writing about this this morning 
I was reflecting on how we can be so busy trying to get everything done um, that we feel we're meant to get done that it doesn't leave any space for actually enjoying any of it or or enjoying life. So I love that day by day, just taking it day by day. yeah and I think one thing that I've learned as well is I do put a lot of pressure on myself to be productive and help other people but sometimes you have to accept everybody does have a bad day and I think I've noticed that on those days when I feel stressed or I'm overwhelmed or whatever that maybe just being productive in a different way than you planned as well um so even if it's something just as simple as clearing out your emails or putting dry clothes away or something like that where it's productive that might just mean that you wake up the next day feeling a little bit less overwhelmed it just starts the day a bit better yeah love that love that what what would your advice be to to other mums who have been through a tough time and are you know struggling to get back to whatever that new normal can be after after a challenge um I think I'm quite a believer that it's important to be realistic with children and obviously it does depend on their age and on their personality um but I'm, I'm quite honest with my daughter she's only four um but I am quite honest with her and um, like she'll ask about my dad and about my brother uh, we lost my stepdad to cancer about 18 months ago as well so she obviously knew him um and you know she'll she'll say oh where's where's granddad or where does your dad live she never got to meet my dad unfortunately or my brother so she'll say where things like where does my where does your dad live so i just have to say you know my, my dad actually died before you were born um so you know we there, he isn't anywhere where we can visit him because i kind of think if you say oh well he's sleeping what do, what does that mean to a child and it just when they're confused it makes it more stressful for us mm-hmm. um so obviously I'm not going to go into gory details with her about death or anything like that or politics or anything, you know, anything too deep. But I think it's quite important to be realistic with children and also that for them to know that grown-ups can get sad too. Absolutely. Um, and I, I think putting a face on and like being brave, as it were, is really, really exhausting um so don't be afraid some i mean don't get me wrong i know ne- i don't spend days on end in bed and never get enough or anything like that but like, i have had times when i said to my daughter look mummy's really tired out today or i feel a bit sad for this reason you know if something had happened you know like when my stepdad passed away or something uh mummy's feeling a bit sad today so i'd like to just sit down and have a bit of quiet time and enjoy a cuddle with you because she's very very full-on and what's 10 plus 2 plus 4 plus 6 plus 8 <laughs> how are stars made and you think oh my goodness just let my brain relax so I, I think that's okay to do um it's okay to just be be realistic in um you know in the right quantities with children yeah. and for them to see your emotion um but otherwise just everybody says it and it is easier to say than to do but make time for yourself i think that's so so important and for some people that can having a bubble bath can be enough um like for me i had i I found it a real struggle the concept of that juggle that is expected of of mums that you're expected to i saw a a meme i think it is on facebook a while back about um mums are expected to work like they don't have kids and mother like they don't have a job 
And I thought that's actually, I, <laughs> that's for me, I can really relate to that. Yeah, I can really relate to that. And I, I always, you know, even from when I found out I was pregnant, I thought, I, I'm not really sure how this is going to work because I want to be a, a full-time mum, but I also want to have a purpose and keep my brain ticking over and still feel like me. Um, so that's where, for me, bounce works really well because it gives me that purpose away from being mum because being mum's amazing. Um, but it's important to still keep sight of who you are before that, I think, as well, and have your yeah. own identity. Yeah, definitely. And coming back to what you were saying, I, I love what you said about the, the importance of being open and honest with our children because so often, you know, when when life throws us curveballs and, and difficult, painful stuff happens, I think often our first reflex is, as a mum is we want to shield and protect our children as much as possible and I you know I still do my children are older now 23 and 17 and I can remember in 2010 so not a dissimilar kind of period to your to your channel something about 2010 that year I think as lots of people I talked to (laughs) stuff in 2010 (laughs) and I remember that that was the year our life fell into a, a million pieces um when my marriage ended and I remember going to see a child psychologist because I didn't know how to handle it for the best. There were lots of well-meaning friends and family around me who had different opinions about what to share, what not to share, how much to share and, um, yeah. And an overwhelming opinion of, well, don't tell them this because you know, that, that could, confuse them and and I remember going to see a child psychologist and they said very very similar to you um the message you just shared he said in 30 years of child psychology um child psychologists from different schools of thought have you know um disagreed on a number of areas but the one thing that all child psychologists have agreed on over the last 30 years is that it's always better to share the truth in an age appropriate way than to try and hide the hide the truth even when it's meant with the best intentions because when we leave out bits of the truth and for for a child they never have all the pieces and and I was told that a child will sense something's missing and if they don't have all the information they need to process and grieve and make sense of it and and move on they'll make up the missing pieces and often it can be worse than the truth so I yes that's a good point actually I thought that was really really interesting it's exactly what you said about the importance of of sharing it albeit in an age-appropriate way but the importance of sharing yeah absolutely yeah so I'm I'm wondering what what would be your bounce back invitation to our audience if people are out there going through a challenging time what would be either the one question you would like to leave them with to reflect on or your challenge to them as part of the next step in their bounce back journey oh that's really really good questions i am I think just it kind of in theme with uh, what I've been been speaking about because after the 
the, the experience that I've spoken about, I now work in like life, health, income protection insurance and, and do wills as well. And you have so many people of, of my sort of age and stage of life say, oh, I'm too young for that. I don't need that. And I think coronavirus has taught us that you just never know what's around the corner, do you? No one does. No one can predict the future. Um, so I guess maybe have the thought process of, you know, whatever tough time you're in, um, you can't you can't control you can't control the past you can't change the past and try not to stress and worry about the things that you can't control um, and yeah. the things that you can control like we said take it step by step break things down and ask for help where possible um, but yeah try not to stress and worry about the things that you can't control and yeah and think about how would you want <clears throat> excuse me how would you want to be remembered I love that so powerful Becky thank you so so much for coming on today and sharing your incredible story and your words words of wisdom and your bounce back challenge so brilliant food for thought for all of us whether we're in a challenge or not I think it's so easy isn't it particularly as women and mums and so much to potentially worry about whether we're reminiscing the past and did I do that right and was it good enough or worrying about the future um I think to just only focus on the things we can control is is a brilliant yeah. starting point exactly thank you so oh thank you so much for having me on thank you so much it just oh thank you Nick it just remains for me to say to my audience thank you so much for tuning in if you would like to share what's come up for you listening to Becky's story and her challenge about focusing on um, the controllables, you can share on our hashtag bounce back stronger. We'd love to hear from you. So it just remains for me to say goodbye for now. Thanks for tuning in and see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Empower podcast for mums in business. And thanks goes to our podcast series sponsors, Bounce Life, insurance to protect you, your business and your family. To get your free startup and business growth kickstart guide and to find out about our Empower community, go to empower.global.